0: from the creator economy to the end of Bretton Woods and the origins of the metaverse. This is the UAE Tech Podcast Web3 Edition. Tune in for cutting-edge interviews on how blockchain is reshaping cyberspace, finance and culture from here in Dubai and cities around the world.
1: The Minister of Digital Transformation will create with a goal to turn 100% of government services online, along with other goals, uh, which is like cover Ukraine with high speed broadband internet, uh, teach people digital skills, um, especially older population, also uh, increase the share of IT in uh, Ukrainian GDP, uh, because we believe that we have to get more of uh, like high technology sector export and and business in, in Ukrainian economy. So this was uh, almost three years ago, and we followed, we were following this course and one of the things that we successfully did is uh, we created a government app which was downloaded, almost 20 million people. Um, and we were one of the fir- uh, country- one of the first countries in the world that introduced digital uh, uh, driver license and the first country in the world who introduced digital um, ID, digital passport. Which became a fully legal counterpart of a paper or plastic documents. Um, so, uh, so Ukraine was like totally transforming the way it interacts uh, 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 with with their citizens, uh, government, with their with people. And in the same in the same way, we're, we were treating this uh, I don't know blockchain and and crypto uh, transformation because we we wanted to. Uh, also uh, uh, transform, um, and, and it's also uh, was in 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 a vision of president that uh, everything should become cashless. So he said, like, let's make a cashless economy. So one of the things that we were working on also was a CBDC, central bank digital currency, because we believe that uh, Ukrainian hryvnia on blockchain will gonna benefit more than like regular. Um, um, uh, electronic transfers, and it gives a lot of benefits. If, if it's on blockchain, which is traceability, uh, uh, um, you can program ma- money and, and, and other things. So um, we also had a goal and still have a goal to turn Ukraine into the largest ID hub in Eastern Europe, um, build a sort of a sil- Silicon Valley uh, here, and uh, we actually... Uh, we're moving very fast to this like uh ukrainian it sector we're growing um, almost like 40 percent year over year wow yeah it's it's wow. it's, it's astonishing yeah pace of uh of growth so um even now um it's back to your question what what's we up to right now so after the war started we we realized that um with this mass and people living and moving it's even more essential to have them access to online tools because they uh cannot go to some specific place or it's just dangerous yeah like if you go to your uh, administrative center for some services and you can hit by a rocket you don't want this so you're trying to keep everyone uh, as much distributed as you can so we still continue our course to turn services online uh, to make them available um, for for uh, refugees uh, we moved a lot of to uh, cloud because you can you can't just rely on some uh, uh, centralized yeah. service farm because it could be again hit by the rocket mm. so it's, it's completely set up new challenges.
0: Alex Bornyakov is Deputy Minister of Digital Transformation of Ukraine on IT industry development and head of the City project. In this episode, Alex provides background on Ukraine's digital transformation, which was already continuing apace before the war. But as Ukraine descended into conflict and in physical locations like government offices or centralized data centers fell under attack, things like digital citizen services and cloud storage became more critical, potentially even saving lives. Ukraine has benefited from a network of polytechnics that offer practical training in crypto, blockchain and encryption technologies across many key cities. When you combine that with a young population talented in maths, it explains why the country is beginning to establish itself as a coding hub. This conversation provides a rare insight into the role of DeFi during a time of war. Today, we're delighted to be hosting the Deputy Minister of Digital Transformation of Ukraine on IT Industry Development, and also the head of the Dear City project. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you, and how are things in Ukraine?
1: Well, hi, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me here. Um, well, relatively good, um, especially when, you, uh, when it's war in your country. But so far, so good. We're We're safe for now.
0: So technology, I guess, has played a major role in everything that's happening. And I know that you've written and spoken quite eloquently about the role of crypto and the role of digital technologies more generally. So I wanted to start by asking you a little bit about that. Um, I noticed that you recently said that despite the bear market, crypto has become an essential tool of Ukraine's defence, but it also provides flexibility and speed. And I think that's a really interesting case study for for everyone. So generally speaking, you know, why has crypto proven so useful um, for diplomats such as yourself, as well as, um, you know, ordinary people inside Ukraine?
1: Well, um, we uh, as a ministry, we were created like three years ago with the goal to transform Ukraine into one of the most uh, digital countries in in, in the world. And... um, among those goals uh, crypto was um, one of the top priorities um and by that time um 3 years ago we um, our vision was to create a uh, legislative environment to um, uh, create our um, uh, crypto friendly jurisdiction one of the best mm-hmm. in the world and uh, we were moving towards this um uh, in uh, uh we didn't know uh, uh how like market uh, or how the business can respond but we of course we hope that uh, uh, crypto will be widespread and and, and, and year after year it will be more and more adoption uh but then war happened and it appeared that banking system cannot operate um, as uh, as freely as it as it was during peaceful time, so the I think and uh, maybe maybe someone correct me, but um, crypto proved to be the only one alternative in this case, mm. uh, if if, if we talking about um, international transfers, so um, we immediately turned to crypto first as a donation tool because we realized that uh, uh it's 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 like very uh, easy and uh, and fast for people to make this donation but then uh all of a sudden we realized that it's also a very fast and efficient tool to uh, pay for supplies pay to the suppliers mm-hmm. so uh, with their uh, weeks, uh, coming by, we we saw that more and more suppliers are accepting crypto. If in the beginning it was like 30 maybe just 40 percent, in the end, I don't know almost 80% of the suppliers were able to accept crypto. and it's in, in the course of just I don't know like two three months. So um, that's why I said this and I totally believe that's this this, this is absolute truth.
0: Well, that's a big shift in terms of suppliers accepting crypto. And of course, people could donate directly to Ukraine without going through centralized banking institutions. One thing a lot of um, people in the US and the UK might not be aware of is that Ukraine actually has loads of really talented blockchain developers and and crypto experts. I know that from from living in Dubai, where a lot of the um, developers that have been working in the UAE, uh, the fintech sector. For example, even before the war came from Ukraine. Um, so Ukraine does kind of have a talent base in, in IT development. I think, you know, I recently read again from you that there's over 300,000 IT developers. Um, and that, you know, there's a lot of blockchain and emerging Web3 development. Do you think that's important for the country? And how is Ukraine trying to foster, uh, you know, the talent of, of the, a young population?
1: First of all, uh, we are really uh, indeed a home of a powerful blockchain community Um, and uh, and generally like a strong IT community, which consists of a hundred thousands of people, close to 300,000, thousands of companies. Uh, Most of them work with the Fortune 500 uh, uh, international companies from around the world. And um, um, those factors are basically give us uh, um, a solid base to do a complex and uh, um, well known projects. Um, And uh, um, I think that, uh, first of all, um, this was our Axios SR mathematics schools that gives this advantage to us
0: wow that's interesting
1: yeah because uh, uh, uh like in every major city of ukraine there are institutions called a, a polytechnical university mm-hmm. and uh, uh kiev has a uh, kharkiv uh, Lviv, nipar almost all the cities they, they have like strong huge uh like fifth is all um, technical university, but then um, uh, with their, uh, again, years coming by after we got independent, we got a lot of like private institutions. And uh, also what is interesting about Ukraine, um, uh, the younger generation um, education is that uh, we, uh, we have uh, a bunch of uh, what we call IT courses. So it's a small, um educational institutions that specialize specific uh set of uh, skills and technologies they don't teach people actually like like general um uh, disciplines they just focus on specific uh, uh as i mentioned before specific training of of a set of skills uh, this is like six months or year uh, or, or year uh, course and um, a lot of young young people going through those courses, and um, and and in that's, that's like give them this uh, ability to jump on the um, on the specific task or um, do some uh, particular job in a company uh, rel- relatively faster than if they go to like four years or five years of uh, college or university. So
0: that sounds great. uh, I wish we had that in the UK. That sounds perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the old apprenticeship system uh, that we used to have in Europe and was very successful. And there's a big debate about that in my country, actually, about, you know, how that system that you you just described sounds like it's very effective, particularly in tech, particularly in, in, you know, coding and, and practical areas. But yeah, so that explains kind of education and and training colleges have played a big role in, in the digital transformation of Ukraine. Is that, is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, correct. That explains a lot. It does explain why I personally have met so many um, Ukrainians working in blockchain. What about the digital ministry then? What about the, the, the wider digital transformation? What does your work involve? And how is the Ukrainian government trying to push through kind of a, a wider digital transformation presumably make the Ukrainian economy uh, one of the most competitive for, for blockchain, crypto, and Web3. Uh, wh- what are you working on right now, Alex?
1: Well, on uh, <laughs> uh, many things. So it's it, it all started from um, President Zelensky election. When he was elected, he announced that uh, we want to build a country in smartphone. basically, like it, it's a concept. So he announced this concept. In order to in, fulfill this con- concept, in order to implement this, uh, the Minister of Digital Transmission was created uh, with a goal to turn 100% of government services online, along with other goals, uh, which is uh, cover Ukraine with the high-speed broadband internet, uh, teach people digital skills, um, especially older population, also uh, increase the share of IT in uh, Ukrainian GDP. Um, Because we believe that we have to get more of uh, like high technology sector export and and business in in Ukrainian economy. So uh, this was uh, almost three years ago and we we were following this course. And one of the things that we successfully did is uh, we created a government app, which was downloaded almost 20 million people. Um, and we were one of the first uh, country one of the first countries in the world that introduced digital uh, uh, driver license and the first country in the world who introduced digital um, id digital passport which became a fully legal counterpart of a paper or plastic documents um so uh, so ukraine was like totally transforming the way it interacts uh, uh uh, with with their citizens, uh, government with their with people, and in the same in the same way we we're, were treating this, uh, I don't know, blockchain and, and crypto uh, transformation because we we wanted to uh, also uh, uh, transform, um, and, and it's also uh, was in 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 a vision of president that uh, everything should become cashless. So he said, like, let's make a cashless economy. So one of the things that we were working on also was a CBDC, central bank digital currency, because we believe that uh, Ukrainian hryvnia on blockchain will gonna benefit more than like regular uh, uh, electronic transfers, and it gives a lot of benefits if if it's on blockchain, which is traceability. Uh, uh, um, you can program ma- money and, and, and other things. So um, we also had a goal and still have a goal to turn Ukraine into the largest IT hub in Eastern Europe, um, build a sort of a sil- Silicon Valley uh, here. And uh, we actually uh, we're moving very fast to this. Like uh, Ukrainian IT sector were growing uh, almost like forty percent year over year wow yeah it's it's wow, it's astonishing surprising. yeah pace of uh of growth so um even now um it's back to your question what what's we up to right now so after the war started we we realized that um with this mass and people living and moving it's even more essential to have them access to online tools because they uh cannot go to some specific place or it's just dangerous yeah like if you go to your uh, administrative center for some services and you can hit by a rocket you don't want this so you're trying to keep everyone uh, as much distributed as you can so we still continue our course to turn services online uh, to make them available um for for uh, refugees uh we moved a lot to uh cloud because you can you can't just rely on some uh centralized uh, yeah. service farm because it could be again hit by the rocket mm-hmm. so it's it's completely set up new challenges and uh and crypto is among of them i'm i'm not sure if you know but uh president zelensky s- signed the law on virtual assets which is about crypto during the wartime so mm-hmm. We continue to keep on course to, to finish legislation of crypto in Ukraine. Um, in uh, in September, um, uh, our national bank uh, planned to launch a sandbox for testing those CBDC uh, solutions, and uh, uh, we still work on the crypto fund uh, of Ukraine in, um, in in a startup environment. So there are many tasks. So but. I think I just give you the sense of where we're going. Wow, there's a lot more going on than I was
0: aware of, and I wasn't. Sh- I wasn't aware that Ukraine was so far down that that path to digital transformation. I mean, it makes sense, um, you know, given the threats to physical infrastructure during the war. But it sounds like even before the war, a lot was being done. Um, I'm conscious of your time today, uh, Deputy Minister. So I, I think we should finish with two questions. I think the first one is. What is happening with with crypto regulation in Ukraine and what do you think about crypto regulation generally outside of Ukraine? I know you've talked about that it's it's time to move out of the gray area and find a framework to incentivize business and also form some kind of tax uh, basis. What do you think the next steps are for crypto regulation, both in Ukraine and beyond Ukraine?
1: Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, well, before the war, we were, as I mentioned before, we were working on the law, which called called uh, Law on Virtual Assets. Um, and as I mentioned before, again, um, uh, President Zelensky signed it during the war time. So, so crypto right now in Ukraine is basically a legal tenor. Um, you cannot use it for uh, uh, payment means. So according to the law, it's an asset. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's very close to... Um, uh intellectual property, but it, it's in Ukraine, it's a separate cl- class of prop of, of assets. Um ye, as I mentioned again, um you cannot use it as a as a direct payment because in our constitution, the only legal means of payment is uh grivna, a local currency. Mm. So in order to allow payment with crypto, you need to change the constitution of Ukraine, which um um i don't i don't think it's feasible at this point but yeah. um but still uh some people ask like uh w- well we were expecting that we can pay with crypto so we have the disappointed uh and i say listen uh in in this law it, it says that crypto directly cannot be used as a means of pain but it's uh but it, we um added a class of uh um um, VASP virtual asset service providers, uh, and we uh, added like four, I think four types of them, and one of them is ex- exchange crypto in, in in automatic way. So you can get a license as a VASP and uh, provide a service to business to change uh, uh, to exchange crypto to local currency um, uh, automatically. So. Um, uh, one way or another, you can pay with crypto, but with, their, uh, with the with help of third-party providers. So basically, it, 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 in a coffee shop in Ukraine, you can pay uh, you can pay with a Bitcoin, but uh, you need to com- uh, use uh, so, so, so no. So coffee shop can give you a a, a payment wall where you can just uh, um, add I don't know how much money uh, you want to spend in crypto, and then autom- automatically transfer this to uh uh, um grivna so basically it's not an issue you still can pay with the crypto in ukraine um uh, but um this part on uh, virtual asset service providers it's not in effect yet because we uh, haven't finished our work on uh, taxation law so um right now we're working on this law with the in the working group of i don't know like 50 members Uh, comprising of government institution, private institution, associations, uh, um, and uh, um, our goal to uh, till the end of the year to uh, pass it to the parliament. So we want to introduce a concept where companies pay uh, 9% corporate tax, which is a withholding tax. people uh pay income tax if they uh, if they want I don't know announce their in- 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 incomes in crypto um we um, there will be no v- VAT uh and the only thing that we now argue is about nfts because like uh, the art is a subject to VAT, so yeah, so we so it's still in in, in a discussion uh, whether or not uh, NFTs should be a subject to VAT, but uh, of of course we're rooting for no VAT concept for crypto at all, um, uh, and um, uh, another major thing that we are discussing that uh, you can the, the, so the subject of taxation. In, for crypto transaction uh, uh, will be only in event when you basically go into fiat. So while you um, keeping your transaction in crypto, there'll be no taxation. So like if you're if, if it's like crypto crypto to crypto.
0: Yeah, that makes uh, sense.
1: Taxation. Once you oh. go to fiat, then there's a taxation.
0: I mean, that's really fascinating stuff. And thank you for that explanation. Um, I guess a lot of people have been asking, you know, how you off ramp your fiat and the the coffee shop idea is what everyone wants, you know, the ability to be able to go into a coffee shop and do that. And I guess exchanging to fiat makes sense. Um, So I guess for a final question today, how can Ukraine and the UAE work together on digital transformation? Um, Of course, the UAE has also just passed uh, some virtual asset regulation. Uh, It's played a leading role in crypto regulation. So do you think there are case studies between the UAE and between uh, Kiev that can be shared?
1: Well, at a certain point, I think yes. Um, uh, The concept that we um, offered, um, it was basically taken in its core from UK. Uh, then we turn to more like a Switzerland experience. Uh, honestly, we, uh, we haven't uh, taken a lot of from uh, UAE. Um, but um, th- from my experience, um, I think there, it makes sense to compare only after some time after it start to work. Because I'm, I remember cases of like Malta or some other countries that also introduced, but then uh, it appeared that it's not really working. And I know like, uh, like right now Switzerland is among top jurisdiction and, and people give positive feedbacks on this. But uh, on, this, on other countries, it's not so positive. In Estonia, it was the same case. They introduced very simple legislation and the concept but then but it's it was not fully working with the banks there was a couple other issues so um, now hopes up for a QAE and uh, um, honestly I I haven't heard um, either negative or positive feedbacks yet I was asking a couple times so we keeping track we uh, we're following uh in following up with the companies asking them like how they feel about this uh, legislation but um and are they happy but haven't received any feedbacks yet so okay it's yeah early it's what,
0: i guess it's work in progress and this is a really yeah. new space for everyone but the more you know governments and, and legislators and entrepreneurs talk to each other yeah the faster we'll get there but um Alex Bonyakov, thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed speaking with you and looking forward to hopefully connecting at JITEX in the UAE in October. Uh, so thanks again for your time. Uh,
1: thank you. Uh, thank you too. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you about such such matters. And we totally believe in Ukraine that crypto uh, is a future of, uh, of a financial system, uh, which by the way, includes a banking system too. Thank you so much again.
0: Sponsor information. The UIE Tech Podcast is distributed by AlboWeber Business free of charge. To sponsor a single episode or a series of themed episodes, please contact our editorial team or download a sponsorship press pack. Sponsors receive an article on AlboWeber Business, syndication distribution on AlboWeber Syndicate, email direct marketing across the region, and brand inclusion across all podcast marketing design, audio, and video formats. Albuaba is not a PR company, and we do retain editorial discretion and quality control as an independent publisher. Companies looking to support a dialogue on technological transformation in the UAE are encouraged to contact our team.